Welcome to episode 12 of Disky Discussions. I'm your host, A.B. Basson. Disky Discussions goes global as we catch up with Alan Clark, who currently works for KF Lapi in the Kosovo Super League. The former Black Leopards head coach left for Kosovo last year after spending time at Mamladi Sundowns, Super Sports United, Blackton Stars, Amazulu and Lidoda Duva and the PSL. Well, Alan, thanks for joining me from a very cold Kosovo. Um, you know, it's much warmer here in South Africa. I'm in, I'm in the capital and you know how it gets here around January. Uh, if we could just start with, I think the, the main question on people's lips will be why Kosovo? Um, so if you can just give us some background, these the people that don't know, um, the fans that don't know um, and follow South African football. Why did you choose Kosovo? And I think a lot of people don't even know it's a country. Mm, true. Well, firstly, thanks so much for having me, A.B. It's uh, really, really nice to uh, stay in touch with the people from South Africa. Um, yeah, I think before I came here and before I worked here before, I also didn't know it was a country. Um, and it's quite a new country. I think they celebrated 10-year independence uh, just a short while ago. So um, I was contacted by the technical director, Michael Nies, and um, asked to come and fulfill a role with the, the national teams, the under-21s. Uh, in 2017, just to come and give them technical advice. Uh, they were in quite a tough group for their qualifications. Um, and UEFA is very unforgiving when it comes to scoring points and, and how you get ranked. So how you do in your qualification determines how you get pulled for the next qualification. And so you've really got to, you've really got to make sure every match counts so that you can get higher and higher and higher in the rankings. Otherwise, you always get drawn up against the, the big team. So, yeah, I came here and I did a bit of work with them. Uh, and then I was called again to come and work with them with the under-17s. Uh, we went to UEFA in Switzerland uh, for their elite round qualification. And, yeah, I did a, a bit of work that way. And uh, we did quite well. I had some really good results with the under-21s and under-17s. And word got around and I was contacted to see if I was interested in coming to work in the Super League here. Not only did you move to Kosovo, uprooted your family, you moved during a, a pandemic, the worst of its kind in a century. Um, how, how was that? And how was the move? And how was, how was, did you guys have to go undergo quarantine in, in Kosovo? And, and how was the flights? Uh, you know, and all of that. I mean, uprooting your life, you know, it's hard enough, but doing so during COVID-19 must have been very difficult. Yeah, and it, I must be honest, AB, it also happened very quickly. Like it was... We, we literally had maybe two weeks to pack up everything and, and leave. And it was very difficult, like you say, because I came with all the whole family. Um, because of Corona, actually, is why I came with all of the family, because with all the lockdown measures around the world, I wasn't sure uh, when it was we'd be able to be reunited again. Mm -hmm. um, and my family is very important to me. It was a bit of a challenge to get a flight. Um, you had to book a repatriation flight that was so expensive, maybe geez, maybe three times the price of a normal flight. The flight itself was terrible. No hot food. Uh, you don't get any drinks and stuff like that at all on the flights. You literally just sit there, fly there, and, and that's that. Um, at that stage, Kosovo didn't have any lockdown measures. So um, as long as you, you were negative, a COVID-19 test, then uh, no quarantine was required. So that wasn't too bad. Um, but the flight, yeah, shame. It was... It was tough with three little kids uh, that had never flown long distance before and they had to sit on like a 10-hour a flight. We stop over in Turkey and then another hour um, to Pristina in Kosovo. So that wasn't great. But um, yeah, we, we made it. So 
we're here now. <laughs> and work, huh? you started straight away, I presume. Um, how was how settling in been and, um, you know, just getting, you know, adapting to a new country? Yeah, it was really, really good. I was really well received at the club and um, uh, amongst the players, it was really was really nice and comforting because obviously they also, not all of them speak English, mm. but I was made to feel very welcome. And yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get much of a break. I, I kind of left left the PSL and went straight into preseason with Lapi. And um, yeah, that's I suppose that's the nature of the game. You know, maybe sometimes you sit without work for a while. So when work is there, you've, you've just got to put your shoulder to the wheel and work, you know. So yeah, it was good. <laughs> And so far, so good. Um, you, you know, off air we we spoke about you know working with the under nineteens. Um, how's the yeah. talent in the country? Um, obviously, they still are you know growing in terms of a football nation. Um, yeah, but how's the talent? Sure. And you know they they popping up on the you know the global scene. Um, but you know how's it been working there and, and and working in their youth structures? Yeah, I mean it's really competitive in the under nineteens. I mean you have. Um, it's their it's their reserve league, um, uh, but it's only under 19, so it's very very competitive. Um, and one of the things that drew me to work in Kosovo was the amount of talent that they have with their youngsters. Obviously, working with the junior national teams, I get to see probably the cream of the crop. But some extremely well um, well drilled youngsters that they have, very technically gifted. Um, yeah, look, a lot of a lot of things that they have to improve and a lot of things that they have to work on. I mean, you touched on it, AB. They're just kind of getting back into the world stage, but they've had some really um, eye-catching results and performances with their A-national team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been really, really good. Uh, uh, working with the under-19s, we've, at LARPY, we've, we've really, really done a good job. And, uh, you know, we moved up from 11th. We were about 22 points away from the first-place team when I took over. And I think now in in eleven games we've won nine of them, including I think we've got the record for the highest goal scored. We we scored we won one game ten three, and now we're five points behind the five points behind the the leaders. So we're catching fast, and yeah, it's been really really encouraging to work with with them. Different as well, you know, and that's yeah. that's why I came here, is to test myself with different players. Now, what's Lapi's long-term goal to break into Europa League? Obviously, for a Kosovo team, that would be, you know, I think, big deal. Um, mm. As you know, as a whole, it's 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 great to have a goal. But as a club, what is what is your short-term goal? And uh, obviously, challenging for the league is also on the agenda. Yeah, I think the first team we struggled a little bit with some results early on. I think we made a lot of signings, and so uh, the co- the cohesiveness within the squad just needed a bit of time to gel. Um, so I think as a club, I think you rightly say we, we're trying to push to get into Europe and maybe Europa League or Champions League qualification rounds, which which not only come with a financial benefit, but also you you put yourself out on the world stage. Very difficult tournament, even in the um, qualifying rounds. I mean, as I don't need to tell anybody. There's some top teams that go through to those rounds. Um, you know, my team, I support Tottenham Hotspur. They had to go through the qualifying rounds at, in the Europa League. Yeah, and so uh, to get yourself onto that stage in Europe, I think I think was would be great, and definitely that's a goal at Lapi. With the under 19s if we can push and, and get ourselves into those under nineteen qualification um, spaces, it would also be good for us and uh, something that we're looking at. You know, turning our attention back to to South Africa, uh, just before you left, you you worked with Black Leopards. Um, just you know, how was that? 
uh, you know, staying in Toyondo, um, quite isolated from from the rest of South Africa up there. Um, but you know, soccer mad people that that fill that stadium. Uh, I was working there, and you know, you know, I, do you miss South Africa in, in any sense, or or not really at this point in time? No, I mean, ABS my home, you know, I still have all my family and my wife's family there and obviously we miss South Africa a lot. Um, we're missing the sun at the moment and we're missing the hot weather. But um, yeah, I mean, I follow the PSL still. I, I, I have internet TV here and I, I make sure that I watch all the game or as many games as I can. And um, I mean, going back to Black Leopards, AB, it, uh, I have to thank... Black Leopards and the chairman for giving me that opportunity and that platform to showcase a little bit of what I can do and what I'm capable of. Um, it wasn't an easy decision to leave. Uh, I found I had a very good relationship with the chairman and um, I wanted to stay. I was just, it came to the, the stage where I got an offer from Europe and something I had always wanted to do. Uh, and I left with his blessing, you know. Um, he told me that, he wouldn't stand in my way for Europe. That's, uh, you know, he wouldn't want that. So I'm very grateful to Black Leopards. It is a difficult place. But then you have, like you say, the bonus of those fans that are fanatical and, and so supportive of their team, you know. And uh, they go through the mill every year, but, hey, they support their team with such passion and, and loyalty. And it's amazing, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm missing South Africa, but also enjoying Europe. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, working, uh, I, you know, you say you watch... And, you know, still follow the South African football quite closely. What have you made of our yeah. season thus far? Uh, Sundowns, Swallows, Golden Arrows still unbeaten. Have you been surprised by the quality of, you know, Swallows FC coming up from, you know, the second division? I think in seasons gone by, teams in the second division have really struggled, especially in their, their first season. I mean, Tux, yeah, they, they, crapped, they cracked the top <laughs> eight. But the next season, they were in the relegation zone. Um, so teams really struggle with that consistency, but Swallows are you know, sticking at it. Um, all credit to them. Yeah, 100%. And, and in one moment, it's a surprise because of the fact that they, they come from the first division. But in another moment, it's not a surprise because they have a very good uh, technical team. Um, Rockies is, is a fantastic professional qualified coach. And I think he's been doing the business for a couple of years now in the NFT. And uh, it's great to see him get his opportunity at the PSL. And to be honest with you, so far, uh, all you can say is that he belongs um, mm -hmm. because his performances of his team and the way that they play is is deserving to be where they are, to be honest with you. I think they play good football. Um, and I think for South African football to have a Morocco Swallows in the PSL playing good football, challenging for things, is it's great, I think. We've missed them, and um, I think they've been very clever in the transfer market. Mm. Um, I think the test, like you say, AB will be is the the second season, and also as the season progresses, how they're able to keep their um, their better players and also rejuvenate the squad because they also have some older statesmen as well. Um, but you have to give Brandon and uh, the team a lot of credit for what's happened there. Sundowns, of course, they're always going to be there amongst the, the top title challenges. Of, that's, that's become synonymous with the PSL at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, Golden Arrows, I think, again, their technical team has done really well to prepare a team uh, to be very difficult to beat. Um, and I think that says a lot about the hard work that Coach Mangla has put in there at Golden Arrows. Um, and then now you see Chiefs a little bit more resurgent. 
which was it was good. They weren't going to carry on with those results for too long under Gavin. So, yeah, it's been really interesting. And, uh, I mean, I've also been really uh, impressed with uh, Supersports. I think Supersports have done really well. I think they've played really good football. And, I mean, Brad Krobler scoring almost every week now. I think it's been really good for him to have a, a run in the team and because he struggled a lot with injuries earlier on in Supersports. And now that he's got a run, look how well he's doing and it just shows his quality, which is, I think, is really good for South African football. Yeah. Um, I think the last time I saw you just before you left and before we you know, were hit by COVID and went into the bubble, etc., was at Witt Stadium in a rescheduled yes, yes. game, a rescheduled fixture because of thunderstorm uh, which yes, is quite yes. which happens here and on the high felt um you know that's true obviously we didn't know at that time that wits were in their last year of 99 years how sad were you to see you know a, a club with such rich history um you know leave the psl and then you know in the aftermath as outside and now looking in and seeing ttm who are bottom of the psl at the all well, the, the dstv premiership at the moment um you know does it hurt a bit you know as a south african football fan yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you look at football around the world, AB, and, and you see teams that have been around for so many years and their institutions in football, you know, what would what would the Bundesliga be without? It doesn't have to be a big team, but Borussia Mönchengladbach, for instance. Yeah. Or how would the Premier League look without uh, a Crystal Palace? Uh, I mean, these are not, for instance, the top teams like a Bayern Munich, but you can't just throw away history that like that and... You know, I mentioned how nice it was to see Morocco Swallows back, you know, and then we lose a, a bit, you know. Uh, yeah, I think it's sad. I mean, I obviously don't know what goes on in the boardrooms and things like that. I think just from a spectator's point of view, you you want to see history. You want to see teams with history. Uh, yeah. I think, I think you start diluting a culture when you start getting rid of historic and uh, uh, well-founded clubs, you know. Um, in in the history or since the PSL became the PSL and moved away from the NSL, you know, how many of those teams are still around? And, you know, I think you start to dilute your fan base. You start to dilute supporters because maybe I grew up supporting this, but my children, they won't because they don't exist anymore. Um, yeah. And that's a bit sad because, yeah, like I say, you just, you dilute that history a little bit, which is, it's sad, but also, I mean, I don't know the financial implications of what was happening or what wasn't. And, I don't really want to get involved in that. Purely from a spectator's point of view, a lot of history, a lot of contributions to South African football, but there's not only on the field, administratively, coaching-wise. Um, yeah, super sad, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, Platinum Stars, a team that you worked with a lot, um, obviously also not around anymore. I think that's how the first time I met you, you were still at Platinum Stars. How was it working yeah. there? Um you know, also a proud club and, you know, just during my, what is it now, eight years in the industry, you know, they, they had a great period under Alan Fries and Kevin Johnson. Uh, what do you remember, what do you recall from your days there and, and working in Rustenburg? Sure, Abi. The saddest thing about this uh, Platinum Stars, to be honest with you, there's two things. And the first one is those facilities. Those facilities yeah. are world-class. And when I show people in Europe, those facilities, they cannot believe the 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 extent uh, and the quality of what those facilities were were I think it's 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 diabolical that those facilities are not even being used anymore. I think the infrastructure at that club was set up for a, 
a top club to to be there for many, many, many years if if things had been run properly. Um, yeah. And I think the second thing is, and one thing I will never forget in my time at Platinum Stars is the family that we had at Platinum Stars. Um, I don't even know how to explain it to you. It's the only club I've worked at that everybody was a family. Everybody cared about everybody else. It was it, going to work was it was the the most fun, most enjoyable time of anybody's of anybody's period. I think even players that were not in the squad that generally would be unhappy would come to work with a smile on their face and just enjoy the company of each other. There was such a camaraderie at that club. It was very, very sad to see it break up. Um, and I think that's why they enjoyed so much success the time that we were there and then Alan Fries in, uh, winning all those trophies and things. It really was such a special time for me to be involved at Platinum Stars. And yeah, you obviously worked with Alan Fries, who's now at Free State Stars, and, and Kevin Johnson, who's, who's at Al-Akhli. It's just you know crazy to see how quickly things can change for, yeah. for, for a coach. And in football, things just change drastically in, you know, sure. blink of an eye. Um, are you still just close? Just a correction. I, I, didn't, I didn't work with Alan Fries, eh? Yeah. I, I, we, were, we were on a course together, but I, only, I worked with Kevin Johnson at Platinum Stars. Sorry, AB. Oh, okay. So, so you, you left just before him then? Yes, and then came back when, when Kevin came back. Okay, so you, you moved around with Kevin quite a lot. Yeah, I worked with I worked with Alan when Alan was the assistant with Jackson at Kevin when we finished second with okay. Alex Heredia as the goalkeeper coach. And then when Alan Fries took over, we left to Supersport. Okay. Yeah, that was so the season you finished second was to Chiefs. Yes, Chiefs was, won by one point. Yeah, they Stuart lost the, Yeah, that's that's the season when they lost the final game, actually. And yes. you guys won your game, but then yes, but Taxia Tux beat them in Nelspread, I think. That's that's right. right. Okay, now I remember. Um, yes. Well, just getting back to Kevin, obviously someone you know very well. Uh, like yes, um, he's at Achri now. Just have you been impressed by you know, his progress as a coach? And yeah, obviously it's great to have two South Africans, or actually a few South Africans. Yeah, two coaches. I think five, five now. Yeah, yeah, two coaches. You know, in big positions: head coach, assistant coach, working at Achri. Um, How encouraging is that to see? And are you, guys, are you guys still in touch? Yeah, I speak to Kevin almost weekly. We we phone each other still. Um, and yeah, I'm not surprised by his success. I'm not surprised by Pizza's success. I think they're good coaches, whether they coach in Al-Akhli or whether they coach for Manchester United or they coach at Sundowns. Those are good coaches. Um, I'm so pleased for both of them to have an opportunity to coach such a big team and, and to show that South African coaches have nothing to worry about. No no fear to leave the country and show what we can do because to be honest with you I think especially those that have been through all the all the courses that we, they put us through uh, we have we have so much knowledge to give the rest of the world to be honest with you I think we have some really really good coaches um, so yeah I mean I'm so so happy for Kevin I'm so happy for Pizzo and also you know all the analysts Muzi and uh, KB the fitness coach they're really world class people in their fields and uh it's great to see South Africans doing so well. It makes you patriotic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you think South Africans are in their comfort zone a lot of the time, especially you know, as footballers? We also see that they're very reluctant to to move to Europe. Um, but you know, you yourself has now moved to Kosovo, and, and Pizzo has gone to to Egypt. Do you want to see more of that in the future? I think it can help South African football, AB. I think. I mean, the reason I came to Kosovo was for the simple reason that I want to expose myself to something different. 
The culture here is different. The football culture is different. The way I have to communicate with players are different. The traditions in, in what they want from football is completely different. And when I have to make adjustments and when I do certain things and interact, it means I'm learning and I'm changing and I'm developing. But I also have things to show them and things to teach them that they've never seen before. So, you know, I, I don't know if people are reluctant. I can only talk from someone from the outside to say that maybe, maybe us as South Africans, we shouldn't be afraid to step out of our comfort zone and try new things. Mm. Um, Europe isn't easy. It's not easy here, maybe. It's, it's tough. There's a thousand people that also want my job that speak Albanian. Um, and it's cold. Uh, I went to training, like I told you, off, off air, minus 11, minus nine, and I have to go and train and clear snow off the pitch so that we can play. And if you're not mentally tough and if you're not physically tough that you can put up with this, um, and then, you know, maybe it's easier just to go home. And uh, I said when I came here, I don't want to be that type of person. I wanted to make sure I stick it out and I grow and I learn as much as I can. And you know what, AB, at the end of the day, I'll be a better coach for it because I'm developing and I'm growing firsthand. I'm experiencing these things. So that's the reason why I came. And, I, and I, the more South Africans do it, uh, the more information, the more um, ex expertise get bring, brought back to South Africa, that can only improve South African football, in my opinion. We spoke about the team's goals or long-term goals, short-term goals a bit earlier. What are your personal long-term and short-term goals? It's, it's hard to say when... You know, you've you've only been there a few months, but sure. um, you have any long-term goals, you know, aspirations, dreams, having now, you know, made the big move to Europe, um, you know, the, the world's your oyster. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'd, first of all, I'd like to try and do as well as I can with the, the under-19s that I have. Yeah. Uh, we've been on a good run and, um, and in the short term, if we can push and make sure that we can uh, push the leaders who are very, very far away from us to the end and maybe try and sneak something. Uh, I would love to work in a European continental competition like the Europa League or the Champions League qualifications, even at under 19. And obviously long-term, my goal is always to progress here in Europe. It's, it's to move on uh, to bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and, and to try and take forward steps as much as I can. And um, it might be small steps, might be big steps. Uh, you mentioned earlier, football changes so quickly. And so, the idea is, is to push as much as I can and to grow and uh, when opportunities come, be ready to take them. It has been it was four years since the South African played in the Premier League, but uh, we saw Percy Tao run out for Brighton and Albion. As a fellow South African, um, you know, how proud are you to see to see him flying the flag? I think he was the first South African since Stephen Pina in 2017, which is just insane for, you know, a country like, like ours that is so, you know, football obsessed. Um, how impressed have you been by Percy's impact at, at Brighton and do you think it was was about time for that he got a shot in the Premier League? Yeah, what a proud moment for all South African football fans, man. It was amazing and it was amazing to see the support that he got. Yeah, I think he, he gave a, a really good performance when he was when he uh, he came on in the FA Cup and then he started. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great to see our players on the, on the biggest stage, the Premier League, by far, in terms of how it's run and things like that, is the best league in the world. And uh, what what an amazing achievement for Bob Percy. Um, and he's always been a committed, driven individual with buckets of talent and uh, also not not afraid to get stuck in and work hard, you know. 
Um, I think his time to play in the Premier League was always going to come. I think it was just a matter of the work permit situation um, because Brighton, I don't think, would have spent that investment on him and loaned him out if it was just doing a favour for someone. They really wanted him. It's just it's a matter of the work permit that he gets the opportunity. So, yeah, really pleased for him. I hope he can kick on and I hope he can uh, do even better. Uh, and you never know, you know, maybe this can lay the foundation for many, many more South Africans. The young South African in Southampton, he started the other night in the FA Cup as well. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's, let's hope we've got a few South Africans in England and things. So, yeah, I think he did well. <laughs> yeah, we have one at Leicester, I think, and, and Crystal Palace. Yes. Um, Newcastle, I think, has got... Scott yes, Wayne the youngster. Yeah, so, I think he plays the under-23s. Yeah, so that's very... I know Sean's son was there for a bit, but he's back in South Africa. I think it's Cross. Right. Yeah, he's not at yes, Newcastle. That's right. he, he was in Germany for a bit. Um, so yeah, it's 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 very exciting. Talking about someone that made it in, in Premier League, Benny McCarthy, who's obviously now the head coach of Amazulu, a club that you know um, quite quite well as well, having worked there for a few years. Um, what, have, what have you made of Amazulu's progress and, and Benny as a coach? After what he had achieved at Cape Town City, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think he's a highly respected coach and a highly respected individual. And uh, you know, you can see the difference he makes in the way that Amazulu play. Um, I think he's changed a lot of how they were playing before. Um, it's nice to see that attacking brand of football that he had at Cape Town City slowly come into Amazulu because I think, in an attacking sense, they they're far more dangerous. They have far better movement uh, than previously. Um, and maybe it goes to show with a little bit of a more educated um, professional coach, someone more experienced like Benny. Uh, I think it was a good decision for Amazulu to go to go that route. Um, and obviously, he's got a good technical team around him as well, you know. So they've got a very good squad. I think they've been very shrewd in the transfer market. Yeah, uh, they made some interesting signings. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a good team with a lot of potential and. Um, it's almost completely different, though, to the to the squad we've had before. So a lot of changes, but yeah, I think some really good signings. Um, you know, maybe I think uh, a little, little bit of lack of confidence. If they win a few games, they'll go on a good run. You know, um, just a couple of draws now, but the performances have been really, really good, and uh, won't be long before they they go on a long run of wins. I think. For anyone listening this and, and wanting to follow in your footsteps, maybe not to Kosovo, but to European football, maybe another country, maybe Macedonia, maybe Albania, um, how do they how do they put themselves in a position like like you did? Um, which coaching courses would you say you know which which way is the best way to go about it? Obviously, you have to get involved in football at a young age. Um, what advice do you have for anyone that that that, that has, aspires to to be a coach one day? Yeah, I think uh, maybe the first thing is you have to have perseverance. I think uh, when you're a coach, you take many, many knocks, uh, many backward steps, but you've got to persevere to make sure that you can go forward. Education is critical, and I think uh, it's very important for you to do your your UEFA uh, badges, your SAFA and CAF badges, your licenses. Um, it's, it's very important to get that education under your belt. Uh, but I think it's also important to have experience on the field, and I think you need to work as much as you can on the field and uh, uh, yeah, try, try and push some of your ideas and, and see how they work on the field and, and see the reaction. Um, I think those are the things that I would say. I think a lot of things in football, AB, come down to a lot of luck. Right place, right time, right moment. Um, 
and you have prepared yourself for the opportunity uh, so that you can take the opportunity. So I think you have to prepare yourself uh, education-wise, perseverance-wise, mentally-wise, and um, you have to be aware of, of the full reality of, of what coaching is about. It's, it sounds very glamorous at times, but it can be very lonely. It can be very difficult. Um, you know, when you win, the players the players get the, the plaudits, but when you lose, it's always your fault. So you have to have a thick skin as well that you accept everything that goes wrong. And uh, you have to just be able to shoulder that responsibility. But I think also that comes with experience, maybe an age. So, yeah, perseverance, hard work and education, very important. Before before I let you go, maybe just um, do you do you leave the door open to a possible return to South Africa in you know in the future, come and sharing you know sharing your knowledge here, maybe not in the next few years, but maybe in the long term, um, you know South Africa is a, is a great place to live. I think anyone you know who's, yeah. who's, who's been overseas can can vouch for that. For sure, no, it's it's my home, AB. Of course, you know what I, the. Like I said, I mean, I wanted to come to Europe and to border my horizons and also educate myself and to grow as a coach. And every day I grow and every game I'm developing. And, uh, you know, if I see so many European coaches come to work in South Africa, why can't I go and work in, in their countries? Uh, yeah. But, you know, if the opportunity came for me to come back to South Africa and share my knowledge, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's, that's the door is always open for me. Uh, it's my home. I love it. Um, you know, and uh, if I can bring something back to South African football, yeah, why not? Of course. You know. I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for your time. And I really appreciate you know, spending some time with me and good luck with, you know, the cold and everything that side. <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we'll think of you and, you know, um, you know, good luck with everything. And yeah, I hope, hope to see you soon. Sure. Maybe. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for having me. It's been really great to catch up with you and, uh, yeah, enjoy the hot weather and uh, yeah, man. Enjoy the PSL. It's good. Carry on, man. Nice to see you. Cheers, my man. Yeah, will do. Stay safe. Ciao. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to Disky Discussions. If you have any questions or guests you'd like me to have on the show, please hit me up at AB underscore Basson on Twitter or Instagram. Stay safe. Like, subscribe. Away.